Welcome back. This is the Staples Podcast. Today we are talking about the five love languages. Um, It's basically a concept by Gary Chapman, the five love languages. I am joined by the co-host. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. My name is Nina and I'm the co-host for the Staples Podcast. I'm open to talk about anything, depending on my mood. And yeah, right. let's get on to it. Right. So um, I think we should introduce the five love languages first before we jump on to um, where we stand with each of them. So we have words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time and acts of service. Um, they're all pretty much self-explanatory. Where do you stand with each of them? I know we took this test a few weeks ago and haven't really had a chance to fully discuss in depth on each of them. Yeah, it's quite funny. I think my results were different from the first time I took this test and to now. I think I took the test recently, I think about a week ago. And the main difference is... Oh, hold on. Let me explain what my results are. My results are the first ranking is words of affirmation. (laughs) 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 We'll get into that. Let let me finish. Okay. Uh, Words of affirmation, the first one. Second one is quality time. Third one is physical touch. Acts of service is number four. And receiving gifts at 5 with 0%. Wait, what's with 0%? Zero? Yes, zero. Receiving gifts. And I think that's quite accurate. Wow. Honestly... never buy you a gift ever again. (laughs) The the thing is, this is a misconception. It's not that I don't appreciate gifts. It's that I don't actually feel love if I get gifts. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Please. I'll jump, uh, I'll jump to mine because it's yeah. way, way different from yours. Um, so first is acts of service. Um, second is quality time with 30%. Um, and then we have uh, words of affirmation, which is 20%. Uh, receiving gifts is 13 And then physical touch is 3 which is quite understandable with... Um, lockdown and all uh, for it to be this low I definitely do think 2020 has had a part to play into how it is now Um, but yeah word of affirmation in 2020 as your top (laughs) (laughs) I can see why it's dangerous because this means that I'm susceptible to people deceiving me by words right and I do have a hot take about this. I think I was confused as to why words of affirmation is the highest compared to my previous result where quality time was the biggest, oh, well, ranking. Well, the highest ranking, sorry. So um, I think it also reflects on where I'm at in my life right now because I think because of corona, I 
don't really have a lot of physical contact with people, so I talk to people via, like, you know, like, texting, messages, and phone calls, mostly. Yeah, and I do partly agree. Like, um, I've been having more thoughtful um, engaging conversations uh, via phone with my three close friends, but that's about it. Does love language differ with friends and actually uh, romantic partners for you? Well, this is the thing. Like, I generally think how I like to receive love through love languages is different from what I prefer to give. It's quite... Yeah. It's quite different in the sense that, like, what I like to receive is not, like, it's not the same as what I like to give. For example, for me, although I like to receive words of affirmation, I rarely say that to other people. I'm more inclined to spend time or do things for the other person. So that's how I show that I love somebody. And... I like getting time or spending time with people. And also I like being told that I'm good. You know, I really appreciate you. All those nice things. And it's very interesting how that differs. What about you? Do you is, that any differ, is there any difference between what you like to mm. give and what you like to receive? I think more or less, it kind of. So I'd say with acts of service, I don't really go out of my way for any of... Uh, anybody really um but i i love it when people do it to myself but with quality time which is not far behind acts of service i i love quality time um well giving friends romantic partners quality time i guess that i give and i want to receive quite highly in return acts of service not so much um i would say i think what i'm very good at is I'm very good at giving gifts um, because I'm mainly the listener with mm. all my close friends, I'd like to say. So, so I think for the most part, when it comes to their birthdays or special occasions like Christmas, I've, I've never got it wrong. I've always got it right. Um, yeah. And that's just, just listening to what they, you know, what their interests are and t- think, taking it. Yeah. I think that's really special, though, that you take... You know, a moment of but, your time to think about what they would like. It's not even that. I, I, I do, essentially, I don't really think about it as much. It just comes just from listening to all their, you know, interests. Because I like to think I remember a lot of stuff um, they do talk about. But receiving gifts, fairly low on mine because <laughs> people do not know how to give me the right gift. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> um but yeah, no, gifts given, I'm kind of over it. And then um, touch. Okay, this is the thing with touch. Um, I think it would normally be a lot higher than what it is. And also, I can easily detach myself uh, of feeling anything after an encounter. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, entanglement. Yeah. <laughs> I could. You're not going to get me whipped on physical yeah. touch. No. I think for me, I I generally do like physical touch, but I don't see it as a form of me being loved. I don't feel love if somebody touch me, even if I enjoy it. I think you literally just put it on the head. 
you you literally just put it on the head. Like I enjoy physical touch. Like I enjoy it. But when it comes to love and feeling validated, it does yeah. virtually nothing for me. Exactly. And I think that's probably from experiences where I've had before when I was younger and the and of thought. Oh my uh, god, let's get into that. I, I do <laughs> think there is a correlation. Yeah, no, like younger me, uh physical touch probably would have been a physical touch younger me was a lot higher. I would say it was around like third. But then after having interactions and then knowing that it didn't mean a lot, it just essentially meant nothing to the receiving party. It kind of, I was like, oh, this is trash. It's the same with word of affirmations. People can say one thing and then do completely the opposite. This is why I think acts of service. I want to see you making an effort well, than just me, words. It's quite different. Because when I was younger, I think why I crave like, words of affirmation so much is because it's very hard for me to get words or being affirmed by words when I was growing up. I think the only time that I got, hey, you're really doing well, or I love you was when I got good grades in school. And that's, can you imagine, like, parent-teacher meetings, like, twice a year. So I only got it for, like, twice a year. So I'm really deprived of words. But for, for acts of service, for example, I think I grew up with a lot of that. I think that's just how most of the people in my family work. We spend a lot of time together doing things, cooking, and enjoying each other's company and we also do things to each other i mean not sorry i mean like do (laughs) 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 no no i mean like doing doing things for for one another okay we're not there's no like langster shit here okay please (laughs) i'm dead yes Uh, you're saying Yes, I was saying. What... <laughs> well, English is not my first language, so please, sometimes like my my head just goes on overload. Mm, but yeah, mm. oh god, <laughs> we do things for one another, basically. Yeah, and it's it's the love language that like every almost everyone in my family does, and I think because of that, I don't really crave it as much as I do with words. Yeah. That's why I think that's the number one thing that I f- that makes me feel loved. No, you've literally hit it on the hell again. Like, I think, <laughs> I never really thought about it, but now that you've said that, it makes a lot of sense. I think um, in my culture especially, it, it's all about acts of service. It's all about doing things for people. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think, maybe that's why as well. I never actually really considered it. I always thought um, that my early experiences with dating kind of like set the tone. Well, maybe it does have a bit to do with how you were brought up as well. I never really took that as a factor. I think when, you know, like you are growing up, so you're starting to forming your attachments, you know. Attachment theory is a theory where basically oh, yeah, let you know I have, I have yeah mm-hmm. let you know whether you know like you're securely attached or you're anxious or you're avoidant of course there's like sub categories but basically there's three main categories and this is because um when you were younger like your emotional needs were not met 
and therefore you learn to cope with you know those unmet um, needs or emotional needs with your own way so some people start becoming a bit avoidant when it comes to emotions so they don't want to talk about emotions at all as a self defense mechanism and while others become anxious and they become very wary about any sort of emotions that is presented to them and of course the ideal one is secure so you are able to handle emotions by people um, in a healthy way so I'm just trying anxious, to think. You're not avoided. Yeah. What type of um, like childhood would you have to have had to have a like secure attachment style? Like, cause I want it, and I don't think I've seen <laughs> it in anyone I've ever dated. Well, I think for me, I think of course um, a secure, a securely attached person would probably have a perfect family quote-unquote, perfect meaning maybe they have like a two-parent household that don't really have any issues, any abuse, or, you know, things are just smooth sailing and perhaps the parents are able to express their emotions to the child and that the child grows up, you know, like forming healthy emotional attachments. Mm -hmm. So they know how to deal with the emotions. Like, for example, for me, I had a very rough childhood, I would say. Mostly in my teenage years. But it was very rough. And I did not know how to deal with my emotions because I was not taught how to do it, you know. And it, it basically... It's very expensive because now I have to go to therapy to like learn how to manage my emotions. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, not many people understand this. Yeah, like I had to learn as an adult to manage my emotions, to feel how I'm feeling and to understand why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. With myself, it's like I think I'm very much in touch with my emotions, but I guess I'm not as expressive as some with it. So I know exactly yeah. how I'm feeling all the time. And I don't really communicate it with other parties because I guess it's just not that interesting in a sense. I'm more um, worried, not worried, but interested in how they're feeling and stuff like that. Yeah. Because most well, of the time I'm all right. I can manage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so manage. this is the thing. I think the difference between us is, of course... Um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're more avoidantly attached and I'm more anxiously attached. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think, of course, like growing up, right, we have similar experiences where we our emotional needs were not met by our parents or our caretakers in a way that we would like. So we develop coping mechanisms to... Yeah, I think it. with childhood especially... There was one member of my family who just kept leaving. Most of the time, it was for issues that they had no control over, but they just wasn't there as much as I thought they should have been. 
So, uh, but the thing is, there was always love there. There wasn't. There was always love shown. So I've gone into relationships. Yeah. Or preferred people who have that ability to just disappear and come back. It's really toxic, but um, yeah. Um, I would even oh. say that's trauma, but it's just like a, it's just it's just part of uh, what I'm kind of okay with, or I've kind of mentally just gotten used to. Yeah, and I think that's really dangerous um, when we talk about that. It's going out in a situation where an unhealthy attachment or unhealthy relationship is the norm makes you think that being unhealthy is normal. So like your Mm -hmm. brain is conditioned for uh, this type of thing. So what is when... healthy though? I think what is a healthy relationship? That I think that Ooh. in itself is like everything on this earth is subjective. Like yes, <laughs> but I think for me, like the way I would define it is a healthy relationship between two people is a relationship where you are safe to say whatever you want, and you are safe to also receive whatever they want to say. So that means there's mutual trust in that relationship and you feel safe to do anything. Like, the keyword is safe. Because I think yeah. if, if for, for me personally, if I don't feel safe with people, I don't become vulnerable. Mm. I would not be vulnerable with people. And normally like see how I like vibe out and see what they're willing to open up. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then that's when I yeah. open up. There'll be times where I'll be like, three four dates in and i still haven't really opened up but i think i've gotten to know everything or if i do yeah uh which is really bad in a sense because i guess on their part they feel like oh they're really getting to know me when really i haven't shared um a lot but it's just like i'm gauging what i can and can't say um oh my god would you say that is the root cause of having a pattern of not having long-term relationships for you. Wow. Call me out. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just caught that. And I'm like, oh my yeah. god. This is quite therapeutic, you know, talking about this. Because I'm just like, in my head, processing it. And I'm just like, I also have this pattern where, honestly, I can't keep a long-term relationship at this point. That's why I'm like single right now. And... I'm really tired of dating, like, a person for six months, and then, like, they just left me. Wow. You can make it to six six months. Um... Honestly, like, honestly, I feel like in the last three years, I've had a breakup literally, like, end of December. This is the thing, though. You'll fall like going on three now. dates. This is the thing. You'll put yourself in the relationship status box after three dates. I mean, I still won't, even after eight, nine or even a month or two of dating. Oh my but then God. again, I know for most part, it's just confirm. This is the thing, um, which is really bad. I'll let them ask the question and then I'll decide whether I want to or not. Like for the most part, wow. I, I don't. I, I, you have to, it's really bad, but you have to lo- let me know where you're at. So for me to know where I, I'm at, because 
my See, decision is, is ultimately based off yours, which is really toxic and really bad. But yes, so it this is the me... thing. Yeah. Sorry, like as as a person on the other side, I always do this. You see, so this is why I guess um we work in a way. Of course, like as as friends, like our relationship is very secure. But I yeah. think like with romantic relationships, it's a bit different. And mm. as a person who is always expressing my feelings in the hopes that the other person expresses their feelings is very tiring man and mm. the moment like for me i'm very sensitive to a change so when the moment i feel like they're pulling away or they are rejecting me i start you know like pushing the laughing panic out. button yeah laughing yeah. out pushing the panic button and essentially pushing them sorry pushing them away so that I can protect my feelings. And how I do that is being clingy. See, I hate that. And uh, I, it's, it's a block for me, probably. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is the thing. Like, like if, you, if you read, like, psycho- psychology, like, theories, I think, or, like, info about psychology, I think, like, our cases is, like, textbook. Um, is it called code- codependency? might be i'm not too sure yeah but anyway like it's a textbook case where uh no is that i'm sorry it's actually still in the attachment theory so uh is the push-pull effect of like an avoidant person and an anxious person so for us to be happier we need to grow into secure individuals and hopefully we meet other secure individuals and mm. The tea is, one of my friends told me when I was complaining that I can't keep a relationship. And my friend was like, if, you, if they like you and if they are good to you, you don't like them. And I'm like, oh my god, that's true. <laughs> you did I don't actually really find important. them. I don't actually find them attractive because they were good to me. I'm so used to being treated badly that in my head I don't think it's anything wrong and Mm. that's the unhealthy bit and the fact that I recognize this pattern is of course a step in the right direction you did raise a point earlier on um, being uh, what you you become almost um I don't know what word to use, but I'll call it possessive because that's what I feel like when you guys become like clingy. Um, I do the exact opposite. Or when when someone's when someone when I feel like someone's calling it quits, I'll just be like, cool, like just just air done. It's a move, keep it moving. Um, and I feel like for the most part, because I haven't been emotionally invested in it, it's not really that deep. Uh, so I'm just able to. Um, move on and be fine with that but then again it's just like it's a problem in the sense that i'm the fact that i wasn't was it me not being emotionally invested that's caused it in the first place basically i was gonna say as a person who is a turbo bitch i can't understand how after a long time or well to me like 10 dates is a long time to figure out if you don't like somebody. Like, uh, for me, I would know earlier hey, on. Like, you guys are getting not to, you guys are getting to 10 dates. Jeez. <laughs> honestly, like, you were speaking about how 
after a period of time, you still don't feel attached. Mm. And like for me, I don't, I, I, I don't understand that concept. Going if I back like that. love language, it's, it's, it's acts of service. It's letting me know with certain actions that yo, you're into me, um, and then approving it with words of affirmation afterwards. So essentially that might not even be the way because like that's me just hypothetically speaking of this is how i think i want it but who knows um maybe uh maybe there's several other ways that i might be susceptible to so maybe just shower me with like good uh good gifts and not monkey socks and maybe i'll feel (laughs) differently do you know what i mean Um, yeah yeah or spending quality time and like like maybe even because of like quarantine spending quality time in yeah just spending more quality time wherever would be more valuable to myself now Mm -hmm. let's just like turn the conversation to like a different direction with friends for example do you Mm -hmm. think it is important to know what? your friends' love languages? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. I think yes, because I think how they see romantic partners is very similar to how they see relationships within friends. Personally, for me, I, I think what I look for in a friend is what I also look for in a romantic partner, which is maybe oh. kind of like, for the most part, for the most part, I want... Yeah. Um, Actually, that's a big lie. A big lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a big lie. Acts of service. You, I, I don't really have to. I think quality time is always number one with friends. And yeah. actually, no, I completely think it's different. Um, what you look for in a friend and a romantic partner. Oh, 100%. if I was to take this test with friends, I think it'll be different. I think. Um, what would you think would be yours if so it's quality a friend? Time, quality time will still be quite, will be number one, followed by words of affirmation. Again, physical touch will be quite low because I'm not a very touchy-feely friend. No, but yeah, acts of service um, I didn't think would be as high. Um, I was talking with my friend about this, actually, how my top yeah. two has always been the same top two and my bottom three has always been the same bottom three but they've changed over the they they'll change so one i'll prefer more than the other like it's been up and down between quality times and acts of service for like the last five years well i think it also depends on the environment that you are yeah right and your priorities with like work and family and um yeah other stuff to push you know well for me i think like you for a friend like i would love to have quality time i think that's very important and i would appreciate acts of service but i think it would be at number three i still would think um number one is quality time Second would be words of affirmation, mm. and yeah, acts of service, uh, physical touch, and gifts. But this is the thing, like for me, like because I have like 
different types of friends, right? So I make it a point to know everyone's love language. So really? I can, yeah. So for example, like if I have, like one of my friends, love language is gifts. So I make it a point to give her gifts when it's her birthday. And I make it a point. And for me, I guess like the way I work is I literally just point blank ask them what they want. Because I'm a very practical person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really like giving surprises if that person does not like it. So I'd rather yeah. give, give me a list of things that they want and I will randomly pick it. So whatever they get, whatever they get, they would like it because it's within what they want. So that's, no, I'm that's bad. How I'll, whether I am. you like surprises or not, I'll still give it to them. Like, <laughs> it's really bad of me. Yeah, like I guess, like for me, because I don't really rate receiving gifts, so I largely feel indifferent. I would feel grateful, but I wouldn't feel loved. I think what I do like about you, though, you're very straight shooter. You're, you yeah. will actually ask of like, oh, what do you actually want? And I'll tell you what I want. And then I'm not disappointed instead of um, being just disappointed <laughs> or just having very high expectations of like certain people. Yeah, because the, the thing is for me, I think like, I learned it um, well, with some occasions where I attempted to give them presents and they don't like it. And I feel like what is the point of me giving you something that you don't like? That's a waste mm. of my money and your time. Yes, I don't know. That, that's just how my thought process goes with giving gifts. But I do, I do try to appeal to like my friends' love language as and when. I'm gonna step it up yeah. in a sense. Would you say it changes again when it comes to your family love language Ooh. of how you receive and get love? This is the thing. I feel like with family, friends, and romantic partners, I am the same person, but the way I act is different. So I guess it's like for, well, this is just me. Of course, it it doesn't mean that I'm a chameleon. No, it's just that like the way I act, like through Mm -hmm. like family interactions is like you see a side of me that is with my family. One more one last thought came into my head of just so, like how we actually became friends. Um, oh my god! To, yeah, like, actually, I did a lot of acts of like, service I, for you because uh, for context. Yeah, definitely. I was about to for say, context, like, soon as you he was to, my neighbor. No, and I was gonna say how um, essentially um, within the first week, you were literally cooking <laughs> for me, and I was like, "Why?" Like. I was like, okay, like th- she, she really like fucks with me. Um, yeah. I think I, th- I took you out to London the first weekend. Um, you yeah. were here. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. So that was my quality exactly. time, and you giving me acts of service. That's so, why we um, work though, because I think like our love languages are similar. You're not very verbal, I'm... like, but I do feel appreciated every time you speak something. You want to receive your preferred love language so that you feel validated and cared for and loved, essentially. 100%. Um, oh, okay. I'm just making that conclusion now because it just Yeah, no, it, it does sound like a quality conclusion. Um, 
so yeah, <laughs> you basically just wrapped it up. Um, <laughs> I did not mean to, but here I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I can't phrase it like you did, but what she said, guys. People are complex. Yeah. Yes. That, that is a better word. Okay, fine. Yeah, are people are trash that, that, for the most part, don't know what they want. That is how we're concluding this. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say, like, people are trash mm-hmm. in their own ways. Yes. But they're also good mm-hmm. in their own ways. Family, friends. Yeah, work uh, out what you want from people. Romantic and, partners. Um, yeah, self-awareness is yeah, key. that's it. Be self-aware of what you want from other people yes. when it comes to love languages. And um, make sure you're checking in with if they're actually giving you what you want. Oh my god, yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Wow, I found that Willow Smith. But yeah. Right. Yes. We've actually got a conclusion. Great. I well, agree. it's been fun. Thank you, Nina. Yeah. Um this Finally. has been the Stables Podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank um, you, AJ. Thank you guys until for listening. Next time. Adios. <laughs>